The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. If you're anything like me, you probably are bombarded by people telling you that you got to advertise on digital. You got to spend money to make money. The audience is out there. We just need to focus on the digital journey. Blah, blah, blah. When all you really want to know is, is all the money we're spending working? To answer that question, Brian Walker. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Hey, man. So this is a very, very big problem for uh, the senior executives and, and the middle market companies that we service. And, and a lot of these uh, people, uh, professionals in, uh, in, in related to things like yours, uh, maybe uh, a little bit suspicious about some of the techniques that agencies like yours uh, propose, or maybe the CEO that they report to doesn't really buy into a lot of this kind of stuff. They're not convinced that it works. What do you tell an executive when they push back and say, I don't really know if it works. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I tell them is I understand exactly where you're coming from. Um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dirty talk and gray area in this industry. And, and a lot of folks have spent a lot of years pulling the wool over everyone's eyes in terms of put your money here. People are going to see your ad. Trust us. This data is accurate. Um, and, and we know that's just not the case, but I think what what the leaders of the businesses who are going to grow in this moving forward need to know is that there is visibility and there is truth in the data that can be found. You just need the right reporting, the right system in place and the right brains as part of your marketing team to understand where to look for that. What we don't want people thinking is the only path to success is to be willing to throw untold amounts of money just into the pool and hope it's going to the right areas and hope something positive washes out on the other side. We want to be more deliberate than that, uh, more deliberate than the big corporations who can say, if you tell me 10 million eyeballs were on this, that's success to me. Here's your money. Well, first of all, most, most people who are not giant companies are not doing image advertising. They're not doing 10 million eyeballs is good enough. I mean, they want to know, they want to connect the dots somehow that uh, these eyeballs saw it and this many people bought it. They want to be able to put two and two together in some way. So are, are you able to, you know, talk to somebody in a, in a scientific way that that in fact is going to happen? 
Or, you know, why is there so much breakdown if we live in this digital world where everything is kind of provable? Mm -hmm. I think the breakdown really exists in the fact that it's, it's very easy to start getting involved with these disparate systems that allow you to run ads on this channel, run banners out of this channel, et cetera. But not a lot of folks have really been able to put the development and time into what ties all of that together in a way that doesn't require me to have a web dev or an IT brain to understand. And, and so that's where we really find the path forward to success. Um, when we work with CMOs and their marketing team, our job is to try and make them look like rock stars to leadership who may not understand the nuances that live in analytics and all of these different data systems, but instead want to know and wake up each morning saying, what did I spend and did it make me customers? And if so, should I be spending more on this? And how do you know? Um, and so there are ways to tie those things together. And I think that's what's been lost and, and not frequently enough built out on behalf of some of these companies to really see that story and feel good about the decisions that they're making. I think part of the problem is that uh, there's a lot of bells and whistles. Number one, people are buying into all these bells and whistles, the, the shiny object thing. But the second thing is you kind of just referred to it. Um, I don't know if the right word is centralization, but there are so many different systems that you have to have this system to work on the Facebook thing. And you got to have this system to work on the LinkedIn thing. And you got to have this system to work on the other thing that there's no dashboard that many companies are accessing that really make any sense to them. And, and that's, that's kind of, I think that's a big problem. I would agree a hundred percent. I think, um, I think we are flooded with, with MarTech solutions that are trying to bridge those gaps and much like a, a, a CRM system, like your, your Salesforce or some, you can spend all the money in the world in that. If you don't have the right team to put something good into it, you're not getting something good out of it. It's only as good as, is what you're feeding it. And I think that's what gets lost quite a bit. Everyone's trying to find this, this, uh, needle in the haystack or this diamonds that really tells that story for them very easily, but they're missing out on the fact that if they don't have a good roadmap to get the right data in there and tell it what to connect, they're not going to end up with anything other than another tool on their invoice item at the end of each month. Yeah. You know, uh, interestingly, uh, I sit on a board of directors and, and I look at our advertising. Now, advertising is an expense. I mean, accountants think of it as an expense, but if you're doing some kind of a deal where you're collecting email addresses and names and addresses from people, uh, and then you drip on those people over a long period of time, then you're not, that's not an expense anymore. Now it's an investment because you're investing in something that will have much greater return. So if, if a million people look at it the first time, uh, if they're ready, great. If they're not ready, fine. Uh, to me, one of the big tricks is to make sure that you're capturing data, which I know a lot of companies do, but not everybody does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, the, the smarter ones do, but other ones just aren't there yet. And so the way to convert uh, expense into investment is by dripping on people over a long period of time, because you never know when somebody's going to be ready. And when they're ready, you want to be standing there. That's a great point. And, and I think that really hits the nail on the head is building that understanding that in marketing, in these growth strategies, every single piece that you end up putting into it cannot and should not be measured on, did they immediately become a customer? There is a drip. There is a nurture to it that's required. Again, unless you are one of those massive corporations that has such 
built-in brand awareness that you can just count on your name being a, an immediate customer driver. But there are things involved in just getting eyeballs on your thought leadership, getting email signups, getting folks to watch your product demo videos, explore a free trial, et cetera. Not all of those should be measured as I immediately became a customer because your webinar was just that impactful. And the ad that pushed me to your webinar was just that impactful. And that's where we see the gap missing in, in that digital journey that, that you touched on at the, the start of the show there. There are touch points along the way that can tell us if mapped and measured properly, that these things early on eventually played a role in this person being nurtured into revenue. And at the end of the day, if I'm leading one of these businesses, what, what I'm waking up looking at is what is my revenue and what are all of the things that help produce it? If we can help companies see that investment early on in this channel or this effort did truly produce incrementally more customers and more revenue, that's data that no leader wants, you know, can or would want to, to hide from. That's where we can help build the roadmap of where investment should be. And on the flip side, what's not working? What are you paying for that's not driving that eventual nurturing and that eventual growth for you? You know, what this kind of makes me think is I wonder how many uh, executives are kind of stuck in uh, in the 1980s and 90s that where they're, they're, they're selling the same way, their they're selling systems are kind of organized the same way, and they need to be completely re-engineered to uh, the concept of drip system, capturing data, uh, you know, kind of a deferred situation where you don't close on the spot, but rather you drip on them that people get ready. And that's whether you're making small sales, big sales. I mean, I can't tell you how often, uh, you know, people just read my newsletter and, you know, three years later, they'll call five years later, they'll call. I mean, it's, you know, when, when I first got rolling with this years ago, if somebody would have told me that's what was going to happen, I, I would have never wanted to, to be in this business. But, uh, you know, it turns out that people just kind of warm up and you can't control the timing of how that happens. And that's why dripping is so valuable, at least in my experience. But how many companies are, are just not in that mindset? So many. Too, I mean, too many. Obviously, that's why we're probably, you know, sitting here talking about this and trying to bring some uh, you know, some knowledge to this space, but so many that we talk to that I'm sure you talk to, I mean, you, you even mentioned when you first started a newsletter or even this podcast, it can all be marketing collateral and it can all be part of nurturing in that, that drip campaign. But so many folks, whether at the leadership level of a company or just on the marketing team, trying to spin up new tactics are still looking at of that old school mentality of, the sale ultimately is made by the salesperson or the biz dev team just pounding on the door until they get a conversation. And they're not really stopping to think about what softens it so that conversation can happen. There's still room for a sales team. They're absolutely necessary to walk through product features, et cetera, et cetera. But what thought leadership makes me more apt to answer that phone call or that LinkedIn outreach? What reviews on G2 crowd, Trustpilot, et cetera, am I coming across that lead me to remember your brand name more before I even know I'm ready to find a solution? Reaching and nurturing early and often, as you said, it might take two years, three years, but that's what's going to 
get you in my brain when the time comes for me to find a do or die solution. And I think too much, it's still relied on now that sales needs to create that account-based strategy and be the first and final point of outreach and just, you know, pound on the door until a conversation gets set and really drive it that way. But there are a lot of ways to soften that conversation far earlier on. Yeah. You know, I, I think that a lot of older line companies really need, really need to rethink some of their, uh, their selling and marketing strategies uh, along the lines that we're talking about. One of the things that might help them to do that is understanding, uh, you know, the, the concept of fish finders. We had a guest come on our show uh, and, and he, he just used the word fish finders and it was so impactful because what he's really talking about is AI. And, but here's, here's kind of what the concept was. And I love this concept. I actually wrote about it in our trend report that we issued uh, actually January, 2022. Every year we come out with a new one. So it's, uh, this is a big one. But one of the things I think a lot of uh, executives uh, will understand is this example. So when a fisherman goes out into the water, uh, they don't just put the line in the water and sit there and wait. I mean, you know, like if you're a professional, if you're really in the business of, of doing, of getting fish, you don't just sit out there and hope, hope one of these things bites one time, you know, they have these fish finders, these sonar uh, devices, they turn them on. And then when the thing lights up and there's a whole bunch of fish nearby, then they get out the nets and they start scooping them up or, or how, whatever they do, you know, however that works. Well, the same thing exists in technology. I mean, every time you go on Google and do a Google search and you say, I'm interested in buying a car uh, with uh, these specifics. Next thing you know, uh, Google's giving you advertisements about that exact thing, right? So the internet knows all this, this intent-based marketing data. It's already there. And I'll bet you these same people are not tapping into an intent-based data. You want, Can you comment on this at all? I mean, is this an area that you have some background? Because I love this area and I think it would really turn on a lot of guys. Absolutely. Um, first of all, I love the analogy. I'm, I'm going to have to steal that, the fish finder. Um, and I'm probably the world's worst at fishing because I do just drop the line and wait and see if something happens. I have no idea what I'm doing. So uh, <laughs> I, ironically, though, I can understand the analogy of how I should be fishing because it's exactly how folks should be marketing. It's perfect. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's I, I always lead into it with folks by saying, now what we're going to talk about is a little creepy if you're into privacy, but it also helps you market really, really well. And that is the fact that all of these behaviors online are trackable and usable to understand intent in the moment. Something like search on Google is phenomenal because it is one of few places where someone anonymously behind a screen can tell us as advertisers what they are looking for at that exact moment in their life. And that's that's beautiful information. But my profile on LinkedIn, where I say I've worked before, when I log into the Wall Street Journal and choose to read these articles about technology companies or this article about sports scores, all of it builds these digital footprints in this profile that starts saying, who is Brian Walker? What is he interested in? What is he looking for right now? What might he start looking for based on trend signals? And that's something that we can lean into from a marketing standpoint. Um, you know, from just purely a business's website, one of the first things we might do is look at what blog content, what webinar and ebook content is most impactful? If someone ends up filling out a form for a demo, let's look at your website analytics and trace back on average, which blog posts or pages did those folks visit most often? 
that starts to create a profile of pain points that are being addressed by your eventual customers of information they're seeking out or that they trust you to provide them more often, lean into that and create new marketing material around it. Find a theme and create new thought leadership, advertise it out there. But then the intent data that you can find on ads platforms like Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, can really help you carve out these, these niche audiences. You don't necessarily have to have a list of a hundred ideal white whale companies. You could have a general persona in mind or behavior signal in mind that makes someone an ideal customer for you. And then go create audiences and serve up proactive messaging to them to start nurturing. And since we're talking about um, you know these hidden diamonds, there's nothing more powerful than your existing business data. If, if we walk in with a client and they say, I've got Salesforce and four years of past demo requests and closed customers, that's like a holy grail right there. Who are they? What can we analyze from them? When did they come in through your website? What job titles do they have? Are you getting leads from someone on a business operations team, but the eventual signer of the contract is the CEO? It means you might need to nurture one type of person, but give him talking points to convince leadership before they become a customer. There's so much that can be gleaned from your existing data that's just not used anymore. Folks are dropping a line in a wide open ocean without realizing they've literally got a fish finder at their disposal inside their own business. So, um, you know, uh, to, to me, if there's no other reason to, to move your strategy, it's because there's so much technology that's so awesome. And what, what executives need to understand is that if you're not using it, your competitor is. And, you know, in my parlance, the way I like to say it, you know, what we say to, to our guys is uh, you're either tor the torpedo or the target, pick one. And the people who are using these power tools, the fish finders and the other stuff, uh, they are the torpedoes. And they are very dangerous to you if you're not doing the same thing. And if you're not doing those things, uh, it's just a matter of time before you're going to run out of steam because um, these people have an edge on where the customers are. Uh, you know, they know where the hockey puck is moving uh, before it ever moves there. And, and, and the internet is kind of a, a really, really good mechanism because of all the digital tracking that happens. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Um, again, there's a wealth of information at the ready. The ones who are really finding opportunities for scale and finding ways to do it without throwing good money after bad are the ones who are using those tools that are, that are at their disposal. Uh, but we always have to remember it's a finite place. Um, it, no more so than in the old school way of doing things. There are only so many ad slots you can buy during prime time on a particular channel. The time, the time and the inventory space is finite. The same goes really in, in the digital sector as well. If five different companies are going after the same individual for their service, there are only so many slots for ads on Google search. Even from a non-ad standpoint, there's only so much space on page one of Google to have your organic content show and to be better than the other guys. There's only so much you can serve someone on LinkedIn before they're oversaturated with ads and just scrolling past them mindlessly with nothing catching their eyes. So uh, you're exactly right. There are a lot of targets, a few torpedoes out there and, and, only uh, a certain size sandbox for all of them to try and play in. Do you have any suggestions for any of these uh, power tools? I mean, do you have any clients that are, that are using intent-based data 
to really kind of see into the mind of their prospects so that they can get a jump on the competition? We do definitely. Um, there's definitely a lot to be said for some of the, the marketing tech out there. Um, you know, things like, uh, even zoom infos platform from just intent based, you know, finding the right decision makers at companies, especially in the B2B space, um, things like terminus and six Sense that are doing a lot of automation around account-based marketing strategies, um, are certainly very powerful. Uh, again, any of those tools, including just some of the ads platforms are always with this grain of salt that you have to have the right information to feed into it. I could log into a, a Terminus or a Zoom Info right now. And if I don't have a good handle on the trends, behaviors, or personas that make up my ideal customer, I could still end up flooding my sales team with leads that are not going to go anywhere with, with low quality or unqualified. So to us, it's still all about uh, what gas are we throwing on that that automation fire? You know, what are we feeding into those marketing tools or into our ads platforms, as it were, to help out? And that's where it really comes from that existing business data. What can we glean from the success that has already been had and use that to build some type of profile to feed in and then let some of the automation really take off for us and, and produce good results for us? Yeah. You know, I, I, I love this. I, I personally am always looking for these kinds of tools. Uh, and is artificial intelligence and, and granted artificial intelligence is in its infancy. I mean, mm -hmm. we all are excited about it, but the truth is that it's going to look a lot different in 20 years, just like the internet looks a lot different now than it did 20 years ago. Uh, for those of us that remember that, but it's, uh, it's powerful. It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's mind boggling really that we have access to this. If, if any of us remember what it was like in the eighties and nineties and how hard we had to work, and how much different, you know, it's it's not about hard work anymore. Now it's really about better quality of transfer information, relationship development, you know, thought leadership, positioning, a lot of these kind of things, uh, really powerful. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the kinds of work that you do for your clients. What, you know, what's a problem that somebody comes to you and, and asks you to help them solve? Sure. I, I would say if we could distill it in, into the biggest problem, it is that, um, you know, I have, I have a company, I, I know who my target buyer is and, and we're fairly successful, you know, probably mid-market. And I know I need to be putting money into digital, as you said, at the top of the show, I have no idea how to measure and see whether it's working or not. Any company could theoretically spend untold millions in, in the digital ad space. Um, there's so much you could do on paid search, on LinkedIn ads, the other social channels, remarketing, promoting your thought leadership, et cetera. And the, the main problem that folks come to us with, and the main thing that we're working to try and solve is how do I know the money I spent on this actually worked for my true bottom line at my business? And how do I know I'm not already at diminishing return? Where should I be scaling? If this turns a profit for me and you can show me that, that's great. But step two is how can you show me what more I should put into it so I can still keep turning a profit? And that's what we're really trying to do. At the end of the day, um, at StatWax, the, the agency that, that I'm leading, we do execute on digital ad strategies. Um, you could describe us as a, a digital marketing agency, but... For us, the execution piece comes second to being able to show a head of marketing or a head of a company why the marketing worked. Being able to show all the dots being connected 
and see that light bulb go on that says, oh my goodness, for two years, this nurturing we were doing and this thought leadership we put out for the first time, I can actually measure the customer and revenue impact that that led to. And I can definitively say without this piece and this piece, we wouldn't have gotten that. And, and that's what we're trying to bring to the table and solve to make leaders at companies who work with us go to bed at night, knowing that they have a handle on what part of their marketing and their investment worked, and they're not going to continue throwing good money after bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that that's a question that, uh, that people come to you with my, my question, my return question back to you would be, uh, is it the right question? Are they asking the right question? You know, should the question be, uh, you know, great. of course, they're concerned about their outcome, which is make more money and invest some and get more. And that's kind of what they want to do. But but it seems like the real question is, are we organized to take advantage of the technologies that we're spending money on? You know, it, it, that's a question they probably wouldn't ask. But that's kind of the thing that we're talking about is that they may not really be organized to really optimize how they benefit from these technologies. Like what I said before about this board of directors. If, if we're spending money in advertising and we're not capturing uh, the leads and, and dripping on them over time, then we're not optimizing. You know, we're, we're getting something and, and we can look and we can say, oh, OK, we got something hard to say exactly what it was, but we got something. But we get 10 times something over a couple of years if we dripped. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think that hits the nail on the head. Yeah. Just the the institutional understanding and organizing around what needs to be in place how that information is being used. Um, so often we see such a wedge driven between marketing and sales, when in reality, the same information can be used to inform both. How much more powerful could a sales team be if they knew as soon as a lead comes in the door, what pieces of thought leadership that individual had most engaged with, whether they had searched for certain questions or solutions on the website already, what other uh, marketing materials had they engaged with, Instead, you're left with sales maybe regurgitating the same info or missing the key pain point or something like that. The organization around the data and systems available and am I set up to capture and see that and disseminate that to my team? You're absolutely right. That's what should be asked or should be looked at. But ultimately, the thought tends to boil down to, does what I've invested in marketing produce more revenue for me? the underlying solutions to that and questions, if you dig deeper, are exactly as you outlined, I would agree. Yeah. Hey, I wonder, uh, have you ever uh, run across a, a YouTube strategy? We're starting to uh, roll this out you know, and talk about, again, intent-based marketing. There are services that collect the questions that people ask Google. So Google, what's the best strategy for XYZ? And then you, know, you put your words in, you get the question, and then you make a YouTube video about the question. Uh, the exact question, because then the next time the person asks that exact question, and you can see how many times a month it's being asked. I mean, that's what these companies keep track of. Uh, it was asked 75 times a month. Bam, your video is the first one to come up because it's got the exact words that the person just typed in. It's a home run. It's a bullseye hit. And, and then they watch your video. And, and every time that happens, you know, then you're building something and then you install in there some kind of a call to action. They go to our website sign up for a drip or for some kind of a extra information that we'll give you or we'll send you out something for free, whatever, whatever you do. Um, that's another great example that, uh, that we're just launching now. What do you think? I love that. I love that video. You know, if you were to ask me 
when it comes to putting content out there, what should be the focus? Um, you know, as we look at the 12 months, a uh, couple years ahead, as best as we can predict, you know, if we were sitting here two years ago, I couldn't have told you anything that would be happening over the last two years, but as best as we can look forward, video is going to be incredible. Anyone without at least some rudimentary capabilities to quickly spin up just a, a low effort, low budget video is going to be missing out. It, it doesn't have to be a fancy you know, six figure production. But the ability to put out quick hit videos answering questions is is going to do amazing. Uh, a lot of folks don't realize the second most popular search engine on planet Earth is YouTube. Number one is Google, and then Google owns the number two as well. And naturally, if you search Google for something, it's going to look and surface things from YouTube as well. You see the video results right across the top of the page. And then so many folks go straight to YouTube and do the same kind of search. So you're really you're really positioning yourself to dominate the two most popular places to seek out answers if you're putting video content out there. And if you're addressing pain points that already exist, it's like a, it's like a built-in you know, prospect pool. So listen, I'm a really big fan of this strategy. Who should be the spokesperson for the company making the videos? Should it be the CEO? Should it be a hired gun? I mean, what do you what do you think is the best representation? A lot of CEOs think that they're Michael Eisner and Lee Iacocca, and they can go do these videos. And I don't, you know, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I um, I, I might get some angry phone calls when I say this, but I don't know too many CEOs that are like ready camera friendly for that. It does often probably uh, play a little worse to the general public than than maybe we all think when we're first putting it together. Um. To be honest, if I were sitting down with a company and just looking at the resources available to us now and trying to be as efficient as possible with um, you know marketing spend as well, a high performer on the sales or the business development team is a great option. Now, I might advise let's let's maybe give him a softer title and maybe make him you know more of like a marketing figurehead and, and not say like this is our salesperson because then you're immediately like oh I'm being sold to. But there's probably no one at a company more in tune with how to address a pain point or how to walk someone through how this product or this solution is going to make their lives easier than the person whose who's livelihood and job at that company is all about doing that for people coming in the door. So if we're making a video content to address the most popular questions or pain points that are out there right now, Finding the person who's got a proven track record of already doing that on the fly the most tells me that they can probably come up with some quick solutions to address that and that they're probably good from the communication and verbalizing it standpoint as well. And if we don't just say this is our head salesperson and maybe give them something softer and suddenly they become kind of the marketing figurehead of the video content, to me, that's a little more genuine than the CEO clearly being coached through how to read a script and not kind of sounds very wooden about it, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess that uh, companies can figure out what works for them. But uh, I think that these different strategies, if companies aren't using these strategies where they take advantage of the data that's available to them and, and access that, and then, you know, use that to their great advantage, then they really are, potentially going to be the target, you know, and not the torpedo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, any company who wants to disrupt their competitor's future absolutely must uh, take the offensive and must take the, uh, 
take the position of using the tools that are available for us to use. Very much so. Very much so. Um, you know, we always say if you're blogging already, if you put out a, a newsletter, incredible start for every company doing that. There are three others in the space who, just as you said, have videos out there addressing pain points, have recorded webinars, have uh, lead captured directly on their LinkedIn posts and things like that so that they're cutting down on the user friction or the time required to reach out and book a demo or something. So there, yeah. there's always advancement to be made, um, certainly. But, but again, I would say if you're going to bed at night thinking, boy, I should really be doing literally any of that, that's kind of that's kind of the sign. There's no better time than now to to at least jump into to one or two of those tactics and, and and get started before it's it's far too late. Well, listen, Brian. the The goal of this show is to deliver the inside track, which is the best, smartest, or fastest way to get something done. Uh, and as it, when it comes to digital marketing and you know, digital marketing and making it work, you've certainly done that. You've lived up to the promise of the show, and that makes you an advantage player. And uh, I, I always celebrate our advantage players, and I appreciate that you've done that uh, because it's uh, this is a really important area. And, and what's clear and obvious is that there just are a lot of executives who are kind of stuck in in an old framework, and they just haven't made the jump. And uh, hopefully, uh, your comments will help encourage them to make the jump. I really hope so. I, I appreciate that. I hope that uh, you know we were able to talk through some things that maybe are eye opening to some folks today, or if anyone has been on the fence about whether that's truly an important piece of the strategy, you know, hopefully this changes minds and, and gets some people to maybe try testing into a new strategy. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, listen, man, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, we appreciate it. And uh, thanks for being an advantage player and for contributing to profit from the inside. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to profit from the inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Autovita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audivita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audivita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.